Hello, this is the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I am your host, Garrett Ashley Mullet, and uh, I'd like to start off this episode of the podcast talking about something I did yesterday. And what I did yesterday was I, uh, for one thing, I finished recording uh, an episode about polygamy that I was kind of uh, ag- agonizing about. I was I was nervous about posting it and uh, thinking people are going to say I'm crazy and they're going to freak out or whatever that I even talked about it. Uh, probably worrying about nothing. So far, nobody has responded whatsoever at all. <laughs> uh, people probably, for the most part, you know, in my friends and family list, uh, you know, if they saw me share it to social media, probably just scrolled by and glanced at it and said, what in the world is Garrett talking about that for? And then just kept going and, and didn't pay it any mind. But uh, in any event, I finished recording that and uh, uploaded it yesterday, published it everywhere. And then uh, I recorded most of uh, a next episode. Um, it was a much shorter one, though. It was, uh, you know, the the one about polygamy was an hour and 20 minutes. And then the one that followed where I was talking about everything or talking about talking about everything, uh, was only about 45 minutes long. And, uh, you know, so, uh, that, that just seemed like a good stopping point. Uh, it's not, uh, that I was wanting there to be a difference, um, on the front end, but, uh, I didn't see the need to extend that out, stretch it out any further than it already was. I figured, well, I had 45 minutes, uh, of stuff to say about that, and and then I'm done. And I was, you know, if I'm gonna say more, I'll, you know, I'll just start a new podcast episode and, uh, and talk about something else. Uh, so here we are. But uh, in addition to doing those two things, you know, recording most of one new episode, finishing off the, the very end of another, and, and publishing it yesterday, I also deleted three podcast episodes. The first three that I had recorded and uploaded after I started this uh, Anchor podcast here. And those first three, uh, what was particular about them, it wasn't that I disliked anything that I uh, said necessarily. Uh, It was that uh, I recorded those three from my truck while I was driving around the countryside, and the audio quality was just horrible. And uh, I got to thinking... Over the past few days, uh, about, you know, hey, somebody comes across my podcast for the first time, they're listening to it, and uh, if that's the first impression they get is one of those first three episodes, then it, are they going to uh, just not listen to anything else? Are they just going to close out of it? And, uh, you know, maybe I don't uh, re record word for word and verbatim everything that I said in those first three podcasts, uh, but I'll just make a, a mental note to come back to some of those topics, uh, make a mental note of just generally what I was talking about and um, not assume moving forward that I've already covered it. And you know what? Hey, if a few episodes go by and I cover things again, odds are pretty low that uh, you know too many of my listeners have already heard everything. Uh, or if they have heard everything that I've uh, recorded so far, Odds are low that they remembered it so well that uh, you know me saying it again down the road is going to be redundant. And then also too, you know, if it comes up naturally in conversation, I'm not just working it in awkwardly. 
and it's relevant to the topic at hand, then great. And if not, then oh well. Uh, you know, life goes on, and you think about just everyday conversation. How much of the day do you spend talking with other people? And it's not recorded, and it's not a waste of time that you say it and then it's gone. You know, it's in your memory, it's in their memory if it was memorable, but otherwise it's gone. And so those first three episodes of the podcast, uh, you know, it wasn't a waste of time any more than just talking with uh, somebody. Uh, you know, talking with uh, you know, somebody at work, somebody in your family, uh, you know, whatever, you know, that's not a waste of time. Uh, you know, it, one nice thing I can say about those first three episodes, for one thing, you know, that was uh, me just kind of getting my feet wet, getting an introduction to this podcasting thing. Uh, it was my first time ever having a podcast. And, uh, you know, so there were some things to work out, some some rough patches uh, that uh, needed to smooth. And uh, those first three episodes of recording uh, gave me an opportunity to, to do that. I was able to listen and, and hear, you know, just different things that were distracting or, or obnoxious or boring or whatever. And, and most importantly of all, I was able to uh, appreciate the need for a microphone which uh, after those first three episodes, I began using a microphone, which is what I'm recording on now. It's what I've recorded all the other episodes on. And so there is this nice uh, consistency of audio quality. Uh, you know, after my uh, choice yesterday to, to delete those first three episodes. Uh, now all of the episodes are recorded with the same device, uh, the same volume level, uh, you know, the same distance from my mouth to the microphone, etc., etc. Uh, so anyway, you know, one of the things I, uh, I, I if if nothing else, that I really uh, would like to cover some more in a future episode or several. Maybe I'll stretch it out over several of the next few episodes. Is uh, you know, telling a little bit more about my background, where I come from, what my influences are, why I think the way that I do. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's the question in, in recording this and in jumping into this uh, to begin with, you know, and for you as a listener, why would you listen to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show? Why would you listen to this podcast when there are so many other things you could be listening to right now? And, you know, it, it's my responsibility to answer that with something distinctive. And I could read for you the headlines. Uh, from Drudge Report, I could just read quotes from other famous people. I could refer endlessly to people that I think are authoritative and hope that you respect them. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, why aren't you just going to go and, and read those headlines yourself at your leisure if that's what you're really after? You know, cut out the middleman of me. Uh, you know, why not go read those people that I respect uh, and their quotes and cut out the middleman? Why, you know? You're coming here, or you you clicked in and listened because something about this podcast has caught your attention. Something particular to it that you don't expect to find anywhere else, at least, um, you know, not uh, not at the moment. And so it behooves me to think about what what is particular to my perspective, my uh, message here, my attitude towards things, and uh, and, and also what am I thinking? Uh, just being honest. Um, you know, I think it would be a mistake 
if I were approaching this podcast with a view that I need to imitate someone else who's doing a successful podcast, um, you know, I believe this so strongly, in fact, that I don't listen <laughs> to other podcasts. I've never listened uh, to other people's podcasts uh, in any uh, mentionable, appreciable way. And, and so I don't feel any obligation to follow precedent. And if there are unwritten rules for how this is supposed to be done, uh, I don't know them. Um, I will say, too, please uh, make a note of this so that you're very impressed and that you forgive my uh, eccentricities and the rough patches in these recordings where I accidentally bumped the cord. I, that was thing, one thing that annoyed me about what I recorded yesterday. I accidentally bumped the uh, cable as it plugs into my computer, and so it made kind of a little crackling noise at one point or two in the uh, recording and uh you know that, that may not be a rule anywhere uh written down but uh at least in my book that was that was obnoxious and i was I was able to readily uh appreciate uh it was it was intuitive and that's what i'm relying on i'm i'm relying on as i march forward and i do this having listened to untold hours of audiobooks over the years uh, being well read, listening to the radio, uh, and and just having some basic common sense, uh, and then beyond that too, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And so you know if you're asking yourself, hey, uh, what is it that uh, I want to do here? What am I trying to do? Uh, you know, I'm wanting to say something meaningful and have a positive impact and uh, join the public discourse and engage in the marketplace of ideas. I'm wanting to affect people's attitudes about uh, important things like faith, uh, like culture, like politics. You know, I'm I'm wanting to say something that's going to resonate, uh, not just for the the sake of getting attention and being important and all of that, uh, but m more so uh, for the sake of uh, affecting good, having a good influence, uh, encouraging people to be wise, to be righteous, to treat one another well, to respect God, to revere God, uh, to know God, to love God, right? Uh, to to uh, you know, become Christians. I, I've uh, had to decide at the front end of uh, starting this podcast, you know, what category of podcast was this going to be? And I, I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm going to be talking about politics. I'm going to be talking about culture i'm going to be talking about you know all these different things um but religion and spirituality was one one of the options i was like oh, i don't know if i want to pick that I don't, uh, uh i don't want to be you know put in a box where i'm only talking about religion and spirituality and somebody's not going to come across this podcast if they're looking for something of substance but uh you know i did end up picking that and then christianity was a subset or sub choice or whatever subcategory so i picked that and uh you know ultimately you know as a christian that uh that is the bottom line right is i'm trying to figure out how to obey the first and greatest command which is according to jesus to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind uh, love your neighbor as yourself and what that looks like what that means uh is not um it's not always clear-cut, right? You know, that you have to be intentional about it. It doesn't happen accidentally. 
But on the other hand, too, uh, if we freeze up and we become per- paralyzed by uh, concern over how complicated that can be sometimes, what all is involved, then uh, I don't think that that really is obeying the command. Uh, you know, I, I, I took uh, a first aid CPR AED class for work here this week. And uh, the instructor was talking about how uh, over the years, the standards, you know, how many times, how many chest compressions they say you should do uh, versus, you know, in, in relation to um, rescue breaths. You know, that that ratio has changed many times over the years. The depth uh, at which they say you should do chest compressions when, when you're performing CPR, uh, that has changed. It's fluctuated a little bit. And so it's like, well, maybe it's kind of arbitrary. You know, which is correct? They used to say this. Now they're saying don't do that. You know, apples used to cause cancer. Now they cure cancer. Eggs used to be bad for you. Cholesterol used to be bad for you. Now it's good for you. Uh, make up your minds, people. You know, but you know one of th- one of the things that the instructor uh, said that I thought was good. Is she says, you know, honestly, like whatever the standard is, specifically whether it's twenty four this year and then next year it's going to be thirty uh, versus you know three rescue breaths versus two rescue breaths, whatever. You know, if you see somebody and and they've passed out, they're unconscious, they've had a heart attack, they're not uh, responsive, whatever. Uh, just do something, right? For God's sake, do something. Uh, you know, it might not strictly adhere to the rules, so to speak, but uh, it, you're, you're more likely to save their life. <laughs> uh, just doing something, uh, because doing nothing certainly is, is not going to help them. If they're dying, doing nothing guarantees they're going to die. Uh, you can't kill them any worse than they are, already are if uh, you help and it's not you know, entirely, absolutely by the book, strictly speaking. And besides that, the book changes from year to year. So whatever, right? So also with this podcast, uh, hopefully you can see the parallel there. And hopefully, you know, honestly, that's part of uh, something I was telling a friend of mine here. He was asking uh, how YouTube video blogging was going. And I told him that, uh, and I, and I've since taken a step back by the way, but I I told him, I said, well, you know, initially I was nervous. The first couple of uh, episodes I would record and I said a lot of, uh, and, um, and I, I even looked nervous and stammered around and all that. And then as I went along and, uh, I realized that not all that many people were watching, uh, that really uh, helped me to relax. Uh, it's like, well, I'm just uh, talking to myself here, I guess. Uh, so, uh, so also with this podcasting thing, you know, I feel uh, free to experiment with this, to try new things, uh, and and to not let uh, fear of what people are going to think uh, paralyze me. You know, the proverbs say, "The fear of man lays a snare." But whoever trusts in Yahweh will be safe. And, uh, you know, I would just encourage you as a listener, uh, and if you're a Christian especially, uh, you know, God has given you particular gifts. He's called you to do good works. He's prepared good works. He set them up uh, in, in eternity past before you were even born. 
he had ordained and, and decided, he had seen and chosen, that you were meant for a purpose. You were born for such a time as this, as uh, Mordecai says to Esther in the Old Testament. You were born for such a time as this. There's something that you are here to do that nobody else is purposed to do quite like you do. There's something special about you that God has a, a, a reason for you to be here in the mix. And, uh, you know, if you allow yourself to be paralyzed by, uh, you know, what do people think? Are they going to like it? Are they going to dislike it? Then, uh, you may not do that thing that he set up for you to do. And, and isn't that, uh, isn't that a sad thought? You know, why, why, uh, allow other people uh, disapproving or disagreeing or criticizing or whatever, uh, why allow that to derail uh, your mission? Why allow that to uh, interfere with you living out what God has made you uh, to be and to do? Uh, and I don't mean for that to be, a, you know, and anything goes just, hey, you know, whatever it is, you know, just pick some random thing that you're going to uh, pursue in a delusional fashion. Uh, you know, obviously, if it's contrary to the scriptures, then God hasn't called you to do it. Uh, so read and study the scriptures to, to be able to rightly divide the word of truth, to be an approved workman who need not be ashamed. But, uh, you know, I, you as you read the scriptures, I think you'll see, you'll observe what I have, what many others have, and that is that Oftentimes, God calls uh, the people that he is in fellowship with, in relationship with, to do things that are not possible just on their own strength. Things that are ridiculous on the face of them, if you're only factoring in what those people bring to the table. Uh, but what is it that the scriptures say? You know, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Uh, the God who created the universe out of nothing, ex nihilo in the Latin, who spoke everything into being, let there be light, and there was light, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, that God, when he's in the mix, if he calls you to do something, you know, as he says to Gideon, uh, when Gideon is trying to hide grain in the wine press, you know, mighty warrior, who me? <laughs> are you are you talking to me? Are you you must be talking to someone else, because I am clearly uh, hiding grain so that it doesn't get stolen, uh, as has been the case here recently in my country, where where we get invaded and and all our stuff gets stolen and pillaged. And uh, you know, mighty warrior, what? I think you've got the wrong house. You know, uh, and yet. God makes it so. You read the, the story of Gideon in the Old Testament. God makes it so. Uh, he speaks Gideon into being a mighty warrior. Uh, let there be light. Let there be a warrior. Let there be, you know, whatever. Let there be boldness. Right? Uh, whatever it is he's called us to do. Uh, you know, if you want to, uh, and, and Gideon does. I mean, I, I talked about this with uh, an Awana class here at church. <laughs> uh, last year, 
where you know Gideon puts out uh, fleeces because he, I mean, <laughs> who could blame him? He doesn't want to go sticking his neck out uh, if uh, this was a mistake, if he misunderstood, if that wasn't really God, if he, you know, is just imagining things or whatever. So he puts out fleeces, and and you can read all about the story in the Old Testament. I would encourage you to. Don't take my word for it, but but read the scriptures direct. Uh, but you know, God ends up using Gideon uh, for the purposes that God has in mind, and he he does that uh, many times throughout the scriptures, where he works with people who, on the face of it, uh, are not up for the challenge. You know, he, uh, he appears to Moses in a burning bush, and he says, "You're you're going to go to Pharaoh." the most powerful king in the world. You're going to go to him and you're going to tell him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Then Moses is uh, you know, kind of, come again? <laughs> Slow down. Uh, can you repeat that? I, <laughs> you know, I am of... Uh, slow tongue you know what is it he says you know he basically he i i don't talk so good right i i'm not an eloquent speaker i don't think i'm the right person i'm not the right diplomat the right emissary for you to send to go and deliver this message lord and god doesn't uh stutter he doesn't say oh okay well figured it was worth asking no, <laughs> God is persistent. Uh, he knew what he was about, and he knows what Moses is about, and he knows what he intends and what he wants to do, what would please uh, God's purpose in sending Moses to do this job and uh, to help deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage, 400 years of bondage. So also, whatever it is that God has called you to do, he knows what he's about. He knows what you're about. Uh, and you know what? Guess guess what? <laughs> you you may not be up for it. Uh, and that's okay. Like, it might be too big of a job for you. Uh, but it isn't too big of a job for God. And, uh, and that makes all the difference. That, that is critically important for us to recognize. Where we don't say, you know what? That's a bit lofty. That's, a, that's uh, too high for you. We don't say that when God's the one that's called us to it. There was a book here uh, a number of years ago. I think it's probably been the better part of a decade or more. But it was written by the uh, twin brothers of Joshua Harris, uh, who is now a pastor. Uh, he was famous for writing a book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And uh, that was a book I, I remember uh, reading uh, in high school. Someone had given it to me and recommended it. I read that. And then there was a follow-up book about courtship, I think, if I remember right. But uh, Joshua Harris, he was homeschooled. His twin brothers were homeschooled. Uh, they wrote a book and had kind of a speaking tour that they started up. Uh, it was a, a movement. I don't know what happened to it kind of fizzled out. I haven't heard anything about it for a long time, but it was called Do Hard Things. And uh, the premise, I never read the book, but I 
watched some of their promotional videos for it and read some of their uh, material they posted online. Premise for it really uh, caught my attention because it was you know this idea that hey, as young people, we need to not just take the uh, easy path. Uh, we need to not just do what's convenient all the time. We may live in a society, and we do, in which the focus has been obsessively on easier and easier and easier ways uh, to satisfy, and the faster ways to satisfy our every desire. But as Christian young people trying to orient our lives, trying to decide what it is that we're about and uh, asking, you know, what has God made me to do? Why, why am I here? What am I supposed to be about? Uh, we need to be very careful not to fall into the way of thinking that the world has. Uh, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that by testing you may see what is the good, good and perfect will of God. Uh, yeah, but this idea, do, do hard things. I really, I liked that slogan. I liked the premise of what they were doing, what they were about. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we got married. And she was 19 and a half. I had just turned 20 earlier that month. We set about to having a family, having children, because we believe God uh, created marriage as a good thing, created parenthood as a, a good thing. Uh, we also, you know, we're aware enough of uh, human history and uh, you know, the, the way that most people around the world live to realize that a great deal of what Americans consider essential is really not essential. Uh, a good amount of the American dream is uh, just pure materialism and self-indulgence, self-absorption. Uh, we can call it self-actualization on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But, you know, when uh, what you think you need to actuate <laughs> or actualize or whatever, uh, you know, is uh, is godless, uh, then, uh, you know, your means and your ends are corrupt unfortunately. And it's not at all to say that having material wealth, having material goods uh, is sinful or, or wicked or any of that. It's not. You know, God created <coughs> us as material beings, gave us physical bodies. Uh, we do need food and shelter and clothing. And, uh, and Jesus says, you know, God knows, your Father in heaven knows that you need those things. It's not a mystery to him. It's not a surprise. But, uh, you know, here we we started out poor, and I think a lot of married people start out poor. And certainly, you know, in terms of the world and in, in uh, comparison with the rest of hi human history, we had a great deal uh, at our fingertips, at our disposal, even being poor as we were. Uh, you know, when we compared ourselves with other people that were doing much better or seemed much more comfortable. Uh, that, that got to be a source of unhappiness at times. But, uh, you know, we we got to having children. We had a family. Uh, the economy, the, the timing of the economy uh, going into recession was not positive for us to be starting out a marriage, starting out having 
a family. We also felt convicted that, uh, you know, we, we came across the website for Abort 73. I'll back up just a little bit. Uh, Abort73.com is uh, a great resource. Um, don't go there if you uh, are, are wanting to feel comfortable. But if you want to know uh, what abortion actually is, if you have any illusions about that, or you're thinking it's not that big of a deal, you can be personally pro-life, but then okay with other people having abortions. We don't need to get into all that. That's an uncomfortable subject. It's taboo. Why don't we just leave it alone? Uh, live and let die. You know, Go to abort73.com and uh, prepare to have your world turned upside down <clears throat> as you realize what uh, what's being done and what's been done. For the past 45 years in America, in full view of the public, in full view of uh, government, uh, anyway, we came across this um, back when, I think it was in the early days of our marriage, uh, you know, back when my wife was pregnant, and we got pregnant pretty much right away. Uh, <laughs> I think my mother-in-law had handed my wife a bag with some various uh uh, accessories that are frequently known to uh, help delay uh, having children. She handed that bag to my wife uh, the day of our wedding or the day before our wedding. I can't remember which. And it was, you know, basically kind of a, hey, don't get pregnant, you know, sort of a hint, hint, nudge, nudge. And uh, we did not I don't know whatever happened to that bag of stuff. I think it might have gotten thrown away. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Needless to say, though, I think we got pregnant on our honeymoon. And uh, eight months later, uh, we had uh, a beautiful baby boy, Josiah David Mullet. He's now 11. Uh, almost. He turns 11 the end of next month. But uh, you know, the, the recession happened. The economy in southern Ohio, where we lived, uh, took a nosedive. One of the, the biggest, if not the biggest, employer in the county or in the tri-county area uh, closed up shop and moved out and left a huge vacuum of thousands of jobs. And so here I am. I'm a young man, recently married starting a family, we feel very convicted that there's something fundamentally broken in American thinking towards children and having children. Uh, we have really drunk the Kool-Aid when it comes to uh, being self-indulgent to the point that thousands of babies, a whole generation of young people was murdered in their mother's wombs in this country over the past 45 years. Uh, a significant part of our population. It's, it is sobering how many millions upon millions upon millions of innocent lives have been taken. And uh, you, I think we need to look no further than that fact uh, to realize there is something broken about the way that our attitude is towards having children. And that we don't see them as a blessing. And even the, the Christians who say, I object to abortion, uh, you know, do they have the right attitude? They may not be.
be able to bring themselves to have an abortion or, or whatever. But uh, do they have the right attitude? Does that mean that they have a godly, biblical attitude towards having children and towards family? And uh, I, I don't think uh, we should assume. I, I think it behooves us individually uh, to, to pay heed to the passage of the scriptures that says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you read Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, the workers labor in vain. You know, children are a heritage from Yahweh. You know, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He will not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Uh, you know, we had children because we felt convicted. It wasn't because it was an easy thing to do. We didn't have any illusions that it was going to be easy to have children, but we felt convicted. Maybe, you know, not be, I don't think it was because we had Catholic friends. Uh, but I think as I talked with my Catholic friends and we debated various differences between Roman Catholicism and Protestant theology and faith and practice, uh, that was one point on which as I debated with them and I disagreed strongly and very bluntly about Many other things, like celibate priests, like popes, uh, etc. That was one point on which I said, you know, actually, I think I think there's something there. I think you have a point. Uh, I'm I'm inclined to agree that uh, contraceptives uh, reveal not only you know possibly an abortifacient uh, risk. You know, if you take uh, birth control pills. Know, do your research, women, uh, husbands, do your research, the effects that those birth control pills can have on your long-term ability to have children, even if you don't want to have children for the first couple of years of your marriage, you know, somewhere down the road, if you're wanting to have children, you know, read the side effects, look at uh, some of the challenges people have had, women have had getting pregnant because they took birth control pills early on. Uh, and also too, you know, some birth control, a lot of birth control, uh, if, if it is terminating, uh, uh, interfering with implantation of a fertilized egg, uh, you know, is that abortion, you know? Um, so, so we had concerns, we, you know, birth control pills were just right out of the question for us. Uh, even you know condoms and all that. Uh, there's something about that where it just it's like you know that's just not the way God designed. It. I don't think that's a godly attitude. I just don't think so. I don't think that's right. And uh, and so you know as a consequence, <clears throat> we did the thing that uh, married people are, uh, are are given the gift from God to do <laughs> the the permission and the blessing. Um, God's not squeamish about sex. He, he just wants it to be in the context of uh, faithful, monogamous, heterosexual marriage. And, uh, and so we did the thing that uh, married people are supposed to do, and then that resulted in uh, having children. And so we did. Uh, and, and it wasn't that that was going to be easy. That's not why uh, we, you know, it wasn't, and it wasn't because we were stupid either. I mean, I, I hope, I hope that all of my 
reading and my commenting on things, my writing over these years, uh, you know, anybody that wants to test me uh, to see if I'm an, an idiot, an idiot <laughs> uh, let's let's chat, you and I. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, come, let us reason together. Uh, yeah, but you know, it wasn't because we were stupid or ignorant about what happens when you have sex. We do know, yes, to all the people who have asked. We do know how that happens. Uh, it's it's not as funny as p- people maybe think. <laughs> I don't I don't laugh anymore. I just kind of groan inwardly when people ask. You know how that happens? Yes, I do. Do I look retarded? <laughs> um, but it it wasn't that we were. It wasn't that we were confused about how babies are made, and it wasn't even that we thought, hey, this is going to be super easy having a family and being poor. Uh, it just so happened too, that the recession hit at a time when I was trying to get a career built up. And so then what do you know? There's not as many available jobs. There's not as much in the way of upward mobility. Once you do get an entry level job, uh, when there's high unemployment, high, high unemployment and the economy stops growing, uh, there stops being the ability to go from that entry level job into the next and to the next and then the next, uh, you know, it gets harder to get into entry level jobs because everything, because there's so many displaced workers and people that are unemployed looking for work, you know, employers are going to say, Hey, there's 500 people that are going to apply for this job. Let's say you have to have a bachelor's degree in this. Let's say you have to have three to five years experience in this. Even though it's entry level, we don't want to have to train somebody. We can be choosy because we've got you know 500 potential applicants or whatever. Uh, but what does that do? It slams the, the door in the face of the young person who's just starting out. Yeah, maybe they're smart as a whip, but uh, they don't have three to five years experience. There's no way they could have three to five years experience at anything straight out of high school. Sorry, that's just ridiculous. You know, unless they started in junior high, uh, you, you just can't get there. Um, you know, and then you, you're, you're going to say, "Well, you got to have a bachelor's degree in uh, nuclear physics in, in order to get this menial job that doesn't even pay super great." Uh, just because you can, you can jack up those uh, minimum requirements for people to apply. So that's what happened. And there, you know, in Southern Ohio, there were all these jobs. Uh, that uh, just weren't open to somebody who was a, a young person, you know. Um, and uh, and then also too, you know, if you and I did, I got jobs, uh, I got you know, working in different places. But then the, and one employer just told us flat out on Christmas Eve of all times that uh, you know there were a thousand people that would line up at the door if they fired us tomorrow uh, and they could have us replaced and you know like that and uh so so you have you know maybe some unscrupulous employers who when the un- when the unemployment rate is uh high in your area and there's lots of people looking for work they know they've got you over a barrel they can treat you terribly and there's not a thing that you can do about it. You can't object. You can't complain. You can't get frustrated. You can't any of that, uh, or else you're going to be hard pressed to find something else at all. And if if you look at them wrong, 
if they feel threatened, if you're doing a better job than they are, uh, if you're asking questions they don't know the answers to, if you're, you know, anything, anything, you give them any excuse whatsoever, and because you're so easy to replace, uh, you're so easy to fire, uh, even when there's not a good reason to, right? So uh, we didn't know that. You know, my wife and I didn't know that on the front end before we got married, before we started having children. But one thing we did know was that we did feel called to uh, have the attitude that we did towards marriage. And in, not just marriage in general in hypothetical terms, but specifically getting married to one another. We felt called that God had brought us together and we were supposed to get married. We were meant for one another. We felt called after uh, having prayed about it uh, at length. You know, and, and, and riddle me this, uh, Christians. You know, how is it that we will talk about prayer and we'll pray for wisdom and ask God for guidance and we'll encourage young people to let God lead and guide them? But then, you know, if they go and do something that you don't like, well, then you're going to frown at that. You're going to, you know, shame them. You're going to scold them. You're going to, you know, now wait a second, you know, uh, not so fast. Are, are you assuming, uh, perhaps incorrectly, that God would not have called them to do something that was difficult just because you're anxious about it. You be, just because you don't want to have to worry that they might not succeed or they might, they might have some difficulty. They might suffer. Um, don't know if you're aware of this, but you know, Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow after me. You know, suffering uh, is not a sign that someone is a moron. Uh, it's not a sign that they don't know Jesus. Uh, suffering, uh, to, the, to the contrary, actually, uh, is central to following Jesus, is the, the willingness to suffer if that's what it takes to follow what God has called you to do. Period. Um, you know, as parents, we can't get so obsessively protective that we go uh, amputating the avenues that God is calling our children to uh, explore, to pursue, whatever, if he's leading and, and guiding them, uh, we can't go shutting those doors just because we can't bear the thought of our children suffering, making mistakes, uh, getting hurt, you know, possibly not being absolutely successful in absolutely everything that they do. You just can't do that, you know, because you know, what is it we're, we're teaching them to be if that's the way we go about things we're, we're teaching them to be godless and to you know yeah maybe let's sing praise and worship songs on a sunday morning but let's not live like these things are true let's not live uh in personal relationship with uh the almighty with our creator let's not actually listen when we ask him for guidance you know james says if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask god who gives generously to all without finding fault. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. The man who doubts should not expect to receive anything. So we ask God for wisdom. Dear Lord, please, what is it that you want me to do? And God says, well, I want you to do this. Well, that looks really hard. Let me, let me try again. Dear God, please tell me what it is you want me to do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just and, and and we keep rolling the dice, hoping we're going to get different numbers, uh, and that's cheating. And God's not impressed with that. He's not 
you know, he's not confused. He doesn't, homie, don't play that. You, You can't do that. You can't respond to God calling you. Uh, to do this, that, or the other thing uh, by, by calling a mulligan. You just can't. Uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yeah, so we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Uh, you know, we believe that God exists. You know, Bully for you, according to the scriptures, even the demons believe and shudder. What does it matter that you believe that God exists? Congratulations on not being an absolute fool. But what good is it that you believe that God exists if you don't take him at his word whatsoever and you're not going to apply what he has said to your life at all? What good is that faith? Sorry. James writes in another place. Show me your faith without works. I will show you my faith by my works. You've got to live it out. And I don't think uh, it's just in the general sense. You know, I know a lot of uh, very conservative Christians who get very uncomfortable at the thought of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding uh, our lives individually or, or speaking, you know, God speaking to us and saying, hey, here's the mission I have for you. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, as we read the scriptures, um, you know, we see a lot of precedent for that. God speaking, you know, saying to Gideon, mighty warrior, right? You know, God calls uh, specific men, and he didn't call Moses to the exact same thing that he called Gideon to. He didn't call Paul to the exact same thing he called Moses to. It was the same God, but he had specific individual purposes. He had good works prepared for each of these individual men. And I believe... Uh, just because we live in this day and age, uh, just because we may not be prophets and apostles uh, per se, uh, just because we're not writing books of the, the Bible, that doesn't mean God has changed. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have a purpose for us. It doesn't mean that, uh, that we're not supposed to be about our Father's business, following after Jesus, picking up our cross, and all that. 